0: Hey everybody! Welcome once again to the Soldiers of Cinema podcast. I am Clark Coffee, and with me, as always, is my fantastic co-host Cullen McFader. What's up, Cullen?
1: Not much. I'm happy to be back. It's been, you know, a while. I, I don't think it'll show quite how much time it has been because, of course, we've been releasing periodically right. the summer. But yep, this you've is our been first gone for a while
0: in in almost, I think, over four months. It it and so you and so that that's why we're so rusty, everybody. Yeah. So if you could just you <laughs> could tell uh you could tell we're rusty. I probably introduced the podcast in a totally different way than I used to, although hey, that's nothing wrong with that. Variety, spice of life. Yeah. But yeah, this is episode fifty-six, and although it's come just a couple weeks after we've released episode fifty-five, for us, it's been like Cullen said, about four months since we've recorded an episode. So mm. I'm super psyched to be yeah. back. Uh, in the chair here with the microphone in front of my face with you virtually in front of me to discuss your pick this time around, which is 1972's Fat City, directed by John Huston. So this is a film I'd never seen. So that's always like an extra special fun thing for me, obviously, like being introduced to films I hadn't seen. Now, I'm surprised I hadn't seen it, honestly. I'm really surprised that I hadn't seen this film yet, but I had not. Um, there are, believe it or not, films out there that I've not yet seen. I know it's crazy, but, uh, how about let's jump in and talk about kind of what propelled, you know, why did you choose this film and, Mm -hmm. and kind of just, we'll go from there. Well, I think it's, um, it's, I think this is actually the first
1: movie we've done that neither of us had seen. Um, Wait, now you hadn't seen this Yeah, I hadn't seen this either. So, Ah, okay. Okay. The reason that I chose it was i, I actually i mean I, a i was kind of curious to see how we would talk about something both of us having seen it for the first time because I, again i think this is the first one that neither of us seen, other than yeah. our herzog days um, right
0: right right you know i don't think either a, way, seen, back, like, way back way uh, back in the day when we yeah, were family just, yeah. and things like that
1: yeah um but um i was i was just really you know i, I as i've talked about i think we spoke pretty much at length about um connie hall Mm-hmm. In our Butch Cassidy episode, And yeah. I, I'm sure that I mentioned that he's my favorite cinematographer and definitely the one that is the most insp- like has inspired me the most through through my career, yeah, um, and yeah, before that as well. Um, and so I was listening the other day, um, or a few weeks ago, to um, him talking about you know there's like all these really long form two and a half hour interviews with Connie Hall on online that are really really fascinating hmm. to listen to some that he talks just about his life and growing up and some he talks more about his work mm-hmm. um and he mentioned doing fat city and you know i really like john houston um i love connie hall um you know i really like jeff bridges and so i also was kind of surprised that i'd never seen this um and not only that i i sort of somewhat have like oh. Uh, not a personal connection in the sense that someone I know worked on this or that, you know, I, but my, um, my dad's dad, my grandfather, he was a, uh, a pretty like well-to-do boxer here in Canada. He was the Canadian yeah. boxing champion um, back in the forties uh, wow. and 50s. So Now, did he, you ever, um,
0: did you get to, did you know your grandfather personally? Like, did yes, you have a relationship? Yeah. He so actually you, okay. he just
1: passed away in 2019. Oh. So, okay. um, so I knew him quite well. You know, and until... did he
0: ever regale you with with boxing stories? I'm oh, sure? yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, A lot of them. And and oh, so, wow. you know, just and the funny thing and we'll get into this more in, you know, in the plot of the, the film. But right. the, the funny thing, too, is that there's there's moments in this movie that made me really laugh because, um, you know, the, for example, when, um, you know, someone comes out of a fight and they're like, did I win? <laughs> and, you know, he used to tell me these stories about that he would wake up the next morning and have to ask his manager, like, you know, who won. Because oh, my just, gosh. You, your head is so. And, and I think it's also, you know, perhaps on a more more serious note, too, that it, it really showed like the, the what the devastation it does to your body.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, by the end of his life, my, my grandfather's life, he, you know, had a lot of memory issues um, mm. and was, you know, pretty far into dementia. Like concussion like syndrome and, or... Yeah, I, I and, forget and so you can really yeah. see in this, I think, that it really kind of takes the glam... Like, it's not like... It's nothing like... rock. No, it's not glamorous. This um, is definitely not... Is, yeah. Yeah, uh, a coming of age... Not coming of age, but like a underdog story about this guy who's really... Great boxer, and he goes out and and wins. Like in this, this is not Rocky. Yeah, you're you're kind of just watching your main characters, like if they're not losing, they're nearly losing. <laughs> um, like yeah, there's no grand victory in this where you know everyone runs onto the ring and cheers at the end and he kisses the girl. Like yeah, and and that also said that there's not really one main character here. I mean, you've got Stacy Keach, um, who plays uh, the, the the lead in in a way. Right. Um, Billy Tully. But um, you've also got kind of, you know, the movie kind of splits itself between him and an ensemble. I would definitely
0: call this an ensemble film for sure. Sure. Well, I want to let's go back to so your first time watching it. You know, um, and like we usually like to do here on these episodes, kind of start off with our kind of, you know, personal reaction to our, mm-hmm. our viewing mm-hmm. of the film, especially if it's you know, if it's the first time. So kind of what was your, you know, being a fan of Connie, liking Houston? Um, Knowing Bridges, of course, and this is like one of his first. Maybe it's yeah, his second, his second I think, major movie, yeah, uh, major film role. Um, he's so young; it almost like blue. Like I'm so used to seeing yeah. him, you know, so much older. And I'm a fan of his work too. Mm-hmm. But he's been around for, I mean, my entire life. It's like before my life, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he's been making so many films and been in so many things. I was almost like taken aback when I saw him. I was like, "Wait, is this like Tron when they like CGI?" It's <laughs> like, "Oh, he looks so yeah, young." Exactly. And then I and then I yeah. looked it up and he's only like 20, 21 years old here. But yeah, mm-hmm. let uh tell me about so what what was your experience watching the film then?
1: No, I loved it. I mean, this is okay. this is one of those movies that really, I mean, we've said this so many times and it's no, no surprise. It's not like we're going to pick movies that we don't like, but <laughs>
0: We should do, I think it's we should. it's
1: also to be fair though it's rare to see a uh, not rare I, I shouldn't say it's rare but it's it's always nice to see a new movie that uh, and I don't mean new as in contemporary but, no, but see something you. you've never yeah. seen before yeah um and and really connect to it and relate to it and and not only that but just you know that it's like a damn good movie yeah, um, yeah. and um you know so I just like I like how pragmatic John Huston is with his direction. Yeah. Um, you know, almost, he's, it's he's, almost
0: like matter of fact. Like, his yeah, and it's like very... if he
1: if he needs to show something, he shows it. Like, he, you know, if someone's talking, he cuts to them. If there's an action, yeah. he cuts to it. Right. And yeah. it, it, there's there's no flair on any of his stuff. And I think that that works really well with Connie Hall. Again, we'll get into the details of that later. But um, no, I think that just the 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 overall you know feel of the movie, how it's just yeah. kind of this. You know, it's not depressing. It's not like dour. Um, it's just very almost in a similar way to the deer hunter where we talked about how it's like you're introduced into this Pennsylvania mining town and it's like drab and cold, but there's almost this strange like Renaissance romanticization Mm -hmm. that's not done by the film, but perhaps just looking back on these times, Um, you know, it's, 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 it takes place this film in, in like this kind of skid row rough area of Stockton, California, which Mm -hmm. as you said is, is, you know,
0: I've not driven through Stockton many, yeah. many, many times, and it is a perfect setting. Yeah, it is the perfect setting for a place like this. And it's, I, I for those of you who may not know, so Stockton is, um, it is just south of Sacramento, the capital of California, and it's just uh, east of San Francisco, the Bay Area. Um, it's inland. And it's basically kind of an agricultural center. And you mm-hmm. see that in this film, of course, where they're uh, basically like picking onion, like bagging onions off. A, yeah, he's off got, a, like, field. a farm job. And yeah. you see that. And I literally I mean, you drive on the five and you go through that area like you'll see giant trucks filled with onions and like little skins like, you know, flying off, you know, because they're in these like open top trucks, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge now. Um, it's even, pro- I mean, I don't know, but it, it might be even more destitute now there in some ways because the drought here that's been happening for so long mm, has really, yeah. really, um, devastated the agricultural, uh, industry in inland, in the Valley area there. Uh, but the, but the thing that you'll, you'll smell Stockton way before you see Stockton because <laughs> It is there. It's the cattle industry is actually what's kind of taken over probably as their largest industry there. And there are a handful of I'm talking gigantic, like almost impossible to imagine unless you see it factory farms with cattle, which are actually Mm -hmm. heartbreaking, frankly but you can smell it from like 10 miles away. Just
1: rows and rows of cows in tiny little cages, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah just like yeah. giant. Well, they're not in cages, thankfully, but they but they're these just huge open mud pits.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. With
0: yeah. like, um, with like some shielding from like some roofs, some open roofs, because it's, I mean, it's like 110 degrees out there every day. I mean, it's a miserable place, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, not to digress too much, but my point is that wow, is it a perfect place for a story like this to be told?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's based on the book, which also is set in stock.
0: Right? Yeah, and it was yeah. shot there. Yes. Um, so yeah, so it's not on faking location. it at all. Yeah, but, but you know, like
1: that's that's exactly what I mean. Where it's not, um. You know, some films like this would go into this realm of being like dour and depressing, and every single scene would. would to, to really dwell and, in it. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah wallow but This in movie is, is, yeah. is much like Houston's direction. It's very matter of fact. You know, it's just yeah. about. It's like. It just kind of feels like a vignette of, of like, you know, American life um, yeah. where you just kind of see this story play out and. But it's it's also got this charm to it, you know, like the characters have these desires and Fat City um, was it comes from a term of um, that. That means kind of like making it rich, making it big. Yeah, like right. Like and so the whole movie is about that. But it's not it's not you know, it's, it's just done differently. It's, it's hard to put a finger on it. And hopefully by the end of this episode, as we talk.
0: I'll It'll maybe a better yeah. way to
1: put it than that. But yeah, um, well, I you know.
0: could. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm on I'm on track with you. I'm tracking. I get what you're saying. I think that it's you know, it's kind of like, um, look, life involves a lot of suffering and a lot of struggle. And, uh, you know, part of what life is as we all get older and you come into adulthood, you have dreams. And a lot of times those dreams aren't manifest. And, you know, there's a lot of, look, the road of life is a bumpy road with a lot of turns and short, you know, like dead ends. And, you know, it's tough. Uh, it Mm -hmm. can be tough. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like, it's kind of presenting, um, a bit of the reality of that using boxing as a metaphor. And of course these, you know, characters in that world. Um, but it, but it's presenting this kind of as like, well, this is what life is and it's Mm -hmm. not wallowing in it. It's not like, you know, I mean, there's some films that like really, just over like melodramatic right yeah in in trying to present the suffering to you they go so far as to get melodramatic and then it's just kind of like you turned. at least i'm turned off by that kind of representation of, mm-hmm. of suffering and struggle um so i i get what you're saying i mean my you know I, this is the first time i've seen the film too i just i watched it last night actually so i want to have it fresh and i actually watched it again i got a beautiful a copy of the film on blu-ray it was hard to find though i had to get mm-hmm. it on ebay there was no place streaming it here at least that i could see i'm surprised it was actually such a hard film to find um but i got a beautiful blu-ray copy that had a commentary track sadly not from houston as you would imagine it would be unlikely that yes. there would be one yeah
1: um they use um, one of those AI voice generators. Yeah, yeah, for exactly. <laughs>
0: um, but there were some interviews of, of Houston um, and some other really wonderful um, features on it. But the it was a really beautiful print, actually a really well done print. A lot of film grain. I think it seemed like it was really uh, faithful to what uh, yeah. Conrad it, had really, intended. Yeah. Um... It's really grainy, I noticed. Yeah. It's really beautiful in that way. Yeah, yeah, it's really beautiful and very natural. It wasn't any noise, you know, like, not to get too technical, but just, you know, a lot of times on Blu-rays or even 4Ks, they'll do a lot of, like, noise reduction and grain reduction, and it just gets weird. But this is really beautiful. Um, But, uh, I mean, immediately one of the first things that that I felt from the film was, was the cinematography. Of course, you've got this really beautiful opening, you know, sequence where, I don't know how long it is before we hear, uh, you know, a character speak, but maybe, what is it, like five minutes or something. And we've just got uh, you and you notice right off the bat this contrast between the dark of the interior, the all the interiors on this, almost all of them are shot so dark. You know, the Mm -hmm. bar and um, uh, and the the um, uh, Billy's apartment. Uh, yeah, and you or, get that
1: kind of green tinge to them, you know. And,
0: yeah, like really yeah. dark, you know. And uh, and then he comes outside, and it's like this blinding, you know, like um, like almost hot sun, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like a white sun, you know. It's like really, and so and this kind of throughout the whole film, you have this. It, it's there's a lot of it's very dark very dark interiors, bars are really uh, lowly lit and then characters will come outside and it's almost just like, you know, and it does such a good job of kind of representing that feeling, you know, if you've yeah. been inside a building, All I mean, and and, and, and Connie
1: Hall said that I, this is one of the things that he talks about in that, that interview where he says that, you know, that he wanted to basically recreate that feeling of, yeah, when you've been like, if you've ever been, day drinking in a bar all day and then you come out and it's still bright out <laughs> and, and you're just and like, uh... like oh my god it's so dark in there and you just you just feel like crap you know uh, I and mean, the way that sh- he i've gets experienced away that, with that with a
0: movie theater you know? yes yes yeah
1: yeah um, but well, the way that of... he gets away with that is that he he does something that's quite ingenious where it's he just he overexposes the exteriors mm-hmm. and then brings it down through this like when when the film is developed so that yeah. the when it's when you're shooting outside the sky gets totally washed out and desaturated, and basically yeah. becomes a pure white. Um, but then it when just you feels lower so that hot. exposure, yeah, you you get you get kind of a regular exposure on the actors and the characters. And um, but that's you know again, it works
0: wonderfully. It, works wonderfully. So I noticed that yeah. like immediate, you know, that was one the things, because that's kind of we have this montage that's kind of introducing um, Billy and kind of introducing Stockton as a mm-hmm. as like a setting for this film. Mm-hmm. But as it just went, I mean. Um, it, it, yes, it's, it's very beautifully photographed. You notice that immediately. Um, I was particularly, I mean, I was really, so just kind of initial impressions, you know, Stacy and Susan's scenes together, um, especially they have like a longer scene in a bar where he bangs his head on a, a jukebox mm-hmm. are just exquisite. Oh, just the, fantastic. the chemistry yeah. that they had was fantastic. Yeah. Um, you can, I mean, I, I was just really impressed with the performances here. The authenticity of so many of these like supporting characters, which I didn't find out until later. A lot of them were like real boxers or yeah, local, local yeah. people there. Um, it was a great scene where they're like uh, Billy's out picking these or, you know, cleaning off these bagging up these uh, onions and he has a conversation with another man who's worker who's out there talking about his wife and it's like, wow, the authenticity, you know, Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. these characters. It's just, yeah. And it's Houston hired a lot of non-actors, frankly. Um, so that really stood out to me. And the other thing, and I really liked the film too. So, uh, I really enjoyed the film. Uh, I had a great time watching it. I was intrigued by the boxing choreography and how the boxing was shot. Mm -hmm. And I think because, you know, um, before having seen this. So even though these films were released after fat city, I had seen these films before fat city. So films like Rocky Mm -hmm. and raging bull, um, and you know, of course there's I've seen a whole series of Rocky films you yes, know as yeah, a kid like before I ever saw this 20 60, was, 20 of them yeah. yeah like 20 of them Yeah I think <laughs> I've only seen like maybe 5 myself I haven't seen the past you know 10 that have been released but you know uh, I saw like through where he fought the Russian guy and the you yeah. know and like I will break you or whatever you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Drago, yeah and Mr T and yeah um, The robot comes out <laughs> <laughs> But I um but I was particularly like surprised me i don't know surprised but it but the boxing choreography how that was shot i i I was i was almost taken aback a bit at first by how different it felt yeah Than how other boxing films approach that at least how, how ugly seen. it
1: almost is yeah like and, that
0: it's and, not and, you know every time
1: you see a boxing uh, movie it's always very dance like which well, can be true for real fights. And, and, and but, it's not, yeah. you know,
0: and it's like, I've, and it's been a while since I've seen Rocky and it's been a while since I've seen Raging Bull, but I, you know, it's almost like, so obviously these are kind of, these are not pro level boxers. They're like amateur rated boxers. They're like lightweight. They're not heavyweight. They're in Stockton. They're in these tiny little places. But it was almost like they didn't know what they were doing almost. Like mm-hmm. it almost was like when they were in the ring, it was like, have you ever seen kids play? like, young, young, young kids play soccer. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I know. They just, like, swarm the ball, and it's just like you have this little swarm of kids just following the ball around. Nobody, like, plays position. I almost yeah. felt like the boxing was presented in that way where it was just, like, this flurry of just, like, punches. Pop, 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 Yeah, punch, and everyone you know?
1: almost seems, like, exhausted. You know, there's, and, like, and, this... this and, yeah.
0: and there was no, like... Because, you know, if you... Th- I, at least in my imagination, when I, like, rewind Rocky and, like, play the fight scenes in my mind, you know, in, in a film like that, it's, like, every punch is, like, emphasized, right? There's, like, mm-hmm. this, you know... And, 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 and it's, um, you know... To the to like the nth little detail, every punch, every dodge, every uppercut, every jab is like so taken apart by the film and the editing and how it's shot and close ups. And you know, this was just kind of like for the most part, we've just got a wide shot of two guys just like going you know, just like and, this little flurry of little punches, you know. Yeah. And you can yeah. hardly see like what's really happening there's no like technique yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but i kind
1: of you know i kind of liked that because it's it's to me it, it it's not you know these these boxing matches aren't taking place in big you know right it's not like, like vegas arenas, yeah. right yeah. they're 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 in these like back rooms of like gyms and, and totally. like you know little tiny kind of you know co- concert halls or something and they're right? not
0: professional boxers and they're not exactly and yeah. so there's
1: this real you know i think i think if, if there's like an overarching theme of the movie and it's not this in a cynical way, but there's almost this, like, pathetic kind of element to it, right? Oh, for Where it's sure. Like, oh, you, and there's especially definitely. when it cuts way yeah. out to, like, the wide shot, and you see the whole kind of, you know, the audience. It's not a huge audience, and then you just get this little tiny ring in the middle, and yeah. you just kind of see them, like, falling over and, and trying to punch <laughs> each other. And, and there's, yeah. yeah, it's like, I think that the movie really... It was almost you know, again, Even though it's sort of an ensemble, it, it sort of does a good job of putting you into... Bernie um like Jeff Bridges is kind of shoes where he yeah. he starts out as just kind of wanting to do it for fun it's Yeah he doesn't even get being a professional and then it's yeah. it's um Billy Tully who convinces him you know go on like I'll, I'll introduce you to my manager my old manager ex manager but um and then and then by the end of the film you know spoilers but we don't usually go through these things contra- or uh, chronologically so Yeah um but you know by the end of the film Jeff Bridges is kind of Left that, and and he's he's good for himself. He doesn't drink. He's, a, he's like he's got a kid, and he's
0: well. He's a working man. He's yeah, got and, a family. And, and by the end of, of the you film, you can kind of see
1: how he he kind of is introducing this life really briefly. Kind of thinks it's a little bit pathetic, and then moves on.
0: And, and well, it's, it's interesting, you know, fascinating. It is fascinating, and that you know, um, and yet it almost makes you wonder, um, you know, if if Billy kind of uses him. And, mm-hmm. and and maybe in a sub not 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 consciously not not maliciously but almost uses him right he he probably sees a younger him in the gym mm-hmm. yeah. right and and he's probably mostly talking to himself when he's like hey you you know you've got potential but but there's a, a, another part where they where they're talking and he's like you know i you're soft i see that you're soft inside right yeah yeah and and I almost wonder, you know, in a in a way, is this is 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 uh, Ernie really kind of like a mirror to Billy mm-hmm. in a way, or he's kind of perspective? Yeah. yeah, or you know, and so it's almost like it's it's really it's really Billy who wants to get back in the ring and prove himself, and maybe because yeah. because yeah. we find out later, you know, he hasn't been around to the real gym to his manager in a long time, and the excuse is kind of like, well, he owed him money. But come yeah, on. That's like not really out. why you'll, yeah. you know, I think I think it's cuz he kind of, you know, maybe he recognized that he was soft inside himself or he was afraid that he was soft inside himself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that he, you know, didn't want to show his face. But um but yeah, so the the performances I thought were just outstanding. Now, I had never seen, I don't think in any other performance uh Susan Terrell. No, I don't I I, let me... Um. Had you ever... Because I don't think so. At least nothing that was significant that kind of registered her to me. But I was I was really impressed with her performance on the film. And almost kind of in a little bit of a way, she really reminded me of Faye Dunaway in Barfly. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. also a really good... And, and actually, I think I'm going to choose that for our next film because I feel like there's a lot of connective tissue. There's a lot of like... There's through there's lines there, right? there's some through lines here I yeah. feel like it'll be fun to kind of compare and contrast. Um of course that film is not about boxing but it does have an a, an element of of that and Susan Terrell
1: is referred to as a barfly in this movie. There so. you, go. But, there you um, go. Yeah, I think she she primarily did
0: I think stage work. I think before um, this and, and then, then just and then smaller, did some work with Andy yeah.
1: Warhol it looks like and so, yeah,
0: she did yeah. some smaller things, and I think even towards the end of her, you know, uh, li- or career in life, exploitation films and things. I think she had kind of a, a, a challenging life and health issues and some stuff. Mm-hmm. But what here's what blows my mind. I, this just blows my mind. I, I do you know that she was like I think something like 26 when she made this film. Yes. And yeah. and Stacy was like 29. Yeah, I, I know. I, it, it, <laughs> Yeah. I, and he even says it in the film, too, you know, but when he said when, when Billy, you know, when Stacy as the character Billy says, like, because his character is like almost turning 30, I almost lost it. I was mm-hmm. like, how in the world could you be only? <laughs> that's, uh, like, that's, that's I thought he was like 50. I'm almost, I'm almost that age, right? <laughs> like, I, I thought he was, I thought he was seriously like at least his face. Yeah. I mean, talk about what a perfect casting then for, I oh mean, because God, his yeah. face just says hard life, you know, I mean, wow. Yeah. Like, because was, could, yeah, cause, uh, Keech
1: was born in 41. Yeah. And this
0: is 70. I think he was so 29 yeah. when he yeah. filmed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was, first of all, I was just blown away like, by that, like, like Bridges. Yeah. He looks his age. Yeah. But, yeah. but Stacy is Billy. I was just blown away. But, but, uh, even more so than my point that, you know, here they are relatively young. Both of them are young and wow, did they just do an extraordinary job of playing mm-hmm. characters with, you know, so much more road behind them than than their age would lead you to believe. You oh, know, yeah. Their real you can life see age. See it in their eyes. Yeah. yeah. And she was nominated for an Academy Award for this film. Uh, yeah. Didn't win, but she yeah. was nominated. Um, and I think this film didn't you know, I, I am not a, a Houston historian, um, I will admit. But I think, didn't Houston have kind of a maybe a decade or so of kind of... Uh, uh, he was in a, a little bit of a downturn, right? Yeah, his he had career some flops, yeah. Before the, this. Um, he, he had some struggles with making,
1: you know, successful films yeah. for, for and, and, uh, about a decade, yeah.
0: And this film, I think, kind of like... I, I, it was like very critically acclaimed, of course. I don't know... Do you know if it was uh, commercially successful? I'm not quite I sure. I believe so.
1: I think... I, think it, I mean...
0: So it's kind of a I, bit I've of a not, return. I don't know
1: what the exact numbers are, but I, I yeah. think that it did pretty well. I know, like Roger Ebert considered it one of Houston's best. Yeah. Um, and so I, I feel like it would have, would have done decently. There's not really, I can't really find much information on the like exact box yeah. office numbers, but. Um, but
0: yeah, yeah. Um, it played at Con as well. And this was um, an amazing year for films too. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, oh my god. We were talking 70? about this earlier, but it's yeah, like, yeah, this
1: year, I, mo- this year of movies today is unheard yeah. of.
0: I know it's extraordinary. I mean, so this, you know, so for it to 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 live in the year of The Godfather and Deliverance and Cabaret and Lestango Tango in Paris and you know, um, Houston actually had the Life and Times of Judge um, Roy Bean was actually released in seventy two as well as another mm-hmm. Houston film. I think was was pretty successful. Uh, matter of fact, I at least commercially, I know it was. Um, So a lot of big movies and, um, and so for him to kind of, I mean, you know, rise above all of that even and, and, uh, and get so much acclaim is, is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I kind of, I, you know, we're kind of bouncing all over the place here and that's just how we do it. But, you know, I, you, it sounds like that you've done a little research into um, Conrad Hall's work on the film. I kind of would be kind of curious to hear a little bit more about what you've learned as far as his his approach techniques or anything else that you might be able to share because i I would agree the film has a really uh, extraordinary look and a, and, it's, and a unique look and feel mm-hmm. to it that I that really uh, kind of grabbed me and pulled me in
1: yeah I mean Conrad Hall one of the reasons I I love him is that he's such an adaptive cinematographer. Yeah, Um, right. You know, he doesn't... You can always tell it's a Connie Hall movie because it's beautiful, but it's it's like, you know, two of his movies can look totally, totally different. I mean, this looks nothing like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid with maybe a, a few stylistic through lines but
0: well and, and he did cool hand luke too right he did cool hand Luke. Mean, he's done a lot of films but cool
1: Hand luke actually i would say looks a little bit more similar to this just because those yeah. those farming scenes when they're out those the, white the those white
0: sky exteriors yeah. where yeah. where it's just and you can and that was one of the things that i mean i could just feel and smell oh. this film yeah i, mean, and I feel the like dust i could literally yeah and and i feel like yeah cool hand luke is similar just like the heat because well, he loved
1: texture, like he was yeah. such a, a cinematographer who who loved to play, and so that like so few other DPS did it at the time. But like even just like in this playing with the grain for the interior and the exterior mm-hmm. scenes, where the exteriors are almost grainless because they're overexposed, whereas the interiors are really really grainy and dimly lit, and mm-hmm. you know using that grain to kind of have this this grimy feel of um, like the inside of a bar at Three in the afternoon, which is right—the worst time to be at a bar <laughs> in
0: Stockton, no less. And especially in Stockton, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but he and so he, you know, his his choices and that sort of thing, where it's like you're—you've got a cinematographer who's working, and and he wasn't a perfectionist. You know, I think that's one mm-hmm. thing that I love about Hall as well is that his philosophy is what he called magical realism. I think was the mm-hmm. term that he coined for it. Okay, which basically means like. Look at a situation, look at the the light in in a in a setting and you know, make it sort of magical, but not necessarily like in a positive sense, but just kind of bring like that extra layer of like a fantasy to it because mm. it's it's a film, you know yeah, so right. So like heighten you know, if there's if there's light coming in through a window, heighten that by by putting a more powerful light out the window and and hazing the room, and then you've got like a beam of light coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if there's if there's one portion of a, a place, like if you're in a bar and, and the the lights over the tables are, are like blasting down on the people, then you know you kind of he was a really simple cinematographer in that way, and I really like that. I admire that. He never felt gimmicky. He never felt like he was going into a place and setting up you know two million lights because he wanted to show off. like his you yeah, know, oftentimes his actual philosophy was just kind of to take one single light. And find a source for it and then just
0: bounce that one single light source around the room with mirrors. Which you see and, in these and, bar and interior a lot yeah. of this, you know, these conversations like I, I mentioned earlier the the really wonderful scene between um, Billy and Oma mm-hmm. uh, Where mm-hmm. where he says like you can count on me, you know, you can count on me Yeah, I mean, not only is that a really extraordinarily well-written and well acted scene and one of my favorite in the entire film But that's, I I mean, I feel like that's a great example of the lighting that you're talking about here. And it works so wonderfully thematically um, where she's kind of sitting in front of that window. And it looks like it's the only, I mean, it feels like it's the only source of light really pretty much in this bar. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, Well, and that's that's what magical,
1: like that's what his, I think his term means is that the scene doesn't look lit. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. It just looks like you're it looks like a a movie. Like it doesn't necessarily look like real life. It looks like a heightened version of real life. Heightened version of real life. Um, Right. Yeah. I think that that, you know, that really lines up with my sensibilities and what I Mm. like out of images, but it also, I think really works for films like this um, where again, you're, you're looking at this. Like, I I don't, I don't think it's a pessimistic movie and I don't think that the way that it's lit is pessimistic either. It's, it's realistic. It's, it's authentic. Yeah, and, and I think that it really, again, Connie Hall didn't, wasn't a big fan of, of grain. Like he, he usually tried to get, that's one of the reasons that he actually liked overexposing um, exteriors was because it would get rid of so much grain and mm-hmm. make the image really clean. But just because it's his personal preference doesn't mean that he can't go, you know what, this scene should be grainy because it should feel gritty it should feel like you want to take a shower after watching right? um, <laughs> which you do which you, you, you know do you do also looking at, at yeah. some of these characters so you, you kind and, of want to take a shower well
0: and, and i I a a fun little tidbit that i learned um you know apparently i guess when when they were in production and the studio was getting you know dailies back i guess apparently or you know starting to lay eyes on some of the first footage of the film Or maybe it was like the producer, I can't recall exactly, but there was a little bit of a concern uh, in the beginning with the way these interiors were lit so Mm -hmm. uh, minimally or or they were, you know, really dark. Uh, At that time, drive-in theaters were still uh, a pretty big source of income. They would, you know, some drive-throughs would still do first run, but there was, of course, a lot of second run uh and so there was actually a pretty decent amount of money uh there to get you know to do this the drive through circuit and they were really concerned that these the, that all of those interiors were so darkly lit um or you, you wouldn't know, be able to see them. you wouldn't be able to see right because it's you <laughs> yeah. know it's a whole different situation you're like boy how far back are you know it's the projectors yeah, you're always going to
1: have some ambient light um, you're going to have ambient yeah. light
0: and you know all the reasons why you know the the picture quality on a a drive-in theater is nowhere near what it would be in an actual, you know, real interior, you know, inside Yeah, who cares? It's just a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, it's just a bunch of teenagers anyway. Like, well, you know, they're just making out in the car anyway. Who cares? But they were, like, really concerned about it, and it was almost kind of came to, you know, and and Houston had to really fight for that, apparently.
1: Um, Well, I mean, what's what's funny about that, too, is that mirrors another, you know, film from this year, The Godfather, where Gordon Willis um, had to, like, yeah bite tooth and nail to to you know he intentionally underexposed so yep. that the producers couldn't bring it up in like so that there was <laughs> nothing in the shadows yeah for them to pull out of it yeah um and so you know and i think that that's well that to me is really important is is um you know being able to make those choices and i think that that shows why these like gordon willis and connie hall were such louded and and, memorable and and famous and inspired cinematographers is because they, they made these creative decisions so that they're, you know, when they made, as Connie Hall puts it, when he painted with light, that nobody else could come in and, and change that. And it's, and it, and I think it shows, I think it shows in how good these movies look.
0: You know and it's interesting that you you mentioned Godfather and I'd actually just recently been watching uh, those films uh the trilogy um in the new 4K release. And so I just recently watched the first Godfather film and you're right that's they the interiors are often quite dark in both but they are so different. They yes, are so yes. different looking. Yeah. And the Godfather is such a warm film. Those interiors yeah. are so warm. I mean, you warm know, and looks much more and much cleaner lit, much like looks, cleaner. L-
1: looks much more more intentionally posed, formally, than, not in a formally, bad way, but the, um, yeah, but not yeah. They're they're so different, yeah.
0: Yeah, so different, and so even though yes, they kind of have this similar, you know, dark interior, they couldn't be more different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get a, I, I have a totally different reaction and kind of feeling to the way that uh, Fat City is shot um, than yeah. Godfather, yeah. which is it just goes to show. I mean, even. Uh, it it's just extraordinary the um impact that you know seemingly even small decisions can have on mm-hmm. on through the course of a whole film on how it hits you on how it resonates with you how it combines with the story performances script um which is just part of what I love about this but uh <laughs> but um, i
1: mean that's honestly to 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 again not to get super hyper technical but um yeah one of the benefits i think about um you know shooting on on film in general as well is that it's it's a lot easier for a cinematographer to physically sort of bake in that look mm-hmm. to the celluloid and right. to, to have their decision kind of you know physically imprinted on the film whereas right. you know with with digital cameras there's just so much latitude um and there is a lot of latitude with film in a lot of ways but in terms of color and in terms of like the way that you're lighting you know, you can alter a lot more with digital cameras. And I think that that's yeah. why so many movies these days look very similar because there's kind of a like homogenized, like, okay, this is how you light an interior, or this is how you <laughs> color grade an interior, and this
0: is how and you. One, yeah. You know, and light once an that, it's out of the DP's hands, I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Whoever's, whoever's managing the post and approving all of that, you know, they could, you're right. I think there is more latitude, and it's certainly cheaper. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is certainly cheaper to manipulate those things. It's funny, you know, It's just to digress a tad, I mean, it, you're talking about kind of, uh, you know, DPs, quote-unquote, protecting their choices by shooting in a way that makes it very difficult, if not impossible, to change those choices once the film's been shot and it's kind of out of the DP's hands. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's funny, you know, actors will often do this too. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you'll see, like, where, you know... The the director, you know, the actor's kind of doing the scene the way they think it should be done and the way they want to do it. And the director's like, okay, but, you know, try this other way. And so instead of just flat out saying no, they don't want to try this other way. Because, of course, once an actor's done, I mean, they have no say, generally speaking, for most actors. um, Unless you're, you know, a huge star and you're also producing producing the film and and everything but you know once you've done once you've perfor- done your performances it's that's it it's out of your hands so you have no say on what take might be chosen mm-hmm. um but they'll like just completely sabotage and sandbag you know the takes <laughs> where they're doing it the way that they don't want to do it but but they also don't want to be seen as somebody who's saying just flat out no. So they'll just like sandbag those scenes. So they're like, OK, I know they can't use that. <laughs> they're not going to pick that take. <laughs> yeah. So I almost yeah, kind and of
1: chop up a, a performance so much in the edit. And yeah. yeah. But yeah. The, the the I think that's funny that they'll just flop the. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Take. You just sandbag it. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't want
0: I to. I, and I think I've even done that before where I'm like, no, I. But not often. I mean, I'm literally thinking like maybe once or twice I've done that before. Oh, my goodness. But Uh, but no, it's I think it's it's and and it goes to show on a wider
1: level of this film that you. You know, you have there's there's a there's a look, there's a choice behind how this film looks. Um, Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's it's. Well, there's a lot of choices.
0: I mean, you look at everything. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, just to kind of, you know obviously the cinematography which you're focusing on has a big a big thing to do with that but it's like you know the script is written in in that kind of matter of fact way too there's like this really beautiful poetry in the language that these mm-hmm. characters speak written by um, the same the author of the book as well right right and um which was a leonard gardner and i don't think had did he does he have any other books this may be his only I novel so. i yeah. i i i think um But, um, and I'm sure Houston, you know, had a little bit to do with the screenplay too, although he's not, I don't think he has any credits in that regard. Leonard is the sole screenplay credit. Um, but there are some significant deviations from the book. I think the ending Mm -hmm. is a pretty big deviation. And so Houston may have, it it does feel like it's kind of a a very Houston-esque ending to me. Yeah. Um, and the book does, I've not read the book, but, uh, I have read though that it's quite different. Um, but, I mean, just in the casting, you know, Stacy, I think, is perfectly cast. His face, I feel like. Everything from, like, the scar on his upper lip to just... Mm-hmm. It, it just it, And the way that we were kind of joking that at 29, he almost looks like he's 45 or oh, 50 my God. years old. old. and, yeah. he and like and he's just, seen some things. <laughs> I mean, really. And, and it's such a beautiful contrast with uh, such a young, fresh Jeff Bridges because that's the point. Mm-hmm. But um, that contrast and I think boxing is, you know, to just um, the costuming, the the location of Stockton. I know it was in the book, but choosing to actually shoot there for real. Um, just every choice uh, really does support, you know, all those that came before it. And, um, and it is a really fine line. You know, you were talking about how... Although it it does the film does a good job of kind of showing these outsider characters and kind of in desperate situations. I mean, there's alcoholism basically, like mm-hmm, at least mm-hmm. a couple. You know, at least uh, well, alcohol Stacey, is like a huge part yeah, of the movie. Yeah, at least at least Stacy and Susan are alcoholics. I think yeah. like they're presented like you they drinking constantly and they're drunk and they're in bars during the day. So it's like these desperate situations, but you don't feel like it's over the top. You know, there there's Um, that's such a fine line to walk. And I feel like all of these little choices, if you would have pushed too far on any of these choices, it would have just fallen over. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the story would have just fallen over. It would have been too heavy handed. Would have fallen over. Yeah. And it would have been so easy to make this melodramatic. It would have been, um, and I can just imagine, you know, all the ways, you know, that the music, the score, there's the performances. There's so many ways where it could have just fallen over, mm-hmm. and I and I and I feel like it's rare to find a film that can walk such a, a really razor sharp line for the entire duration of the film, which I think is important to note is short. It's it's 97 minutes long. Yeah,
1: it goes by. Yeah, it's like you, by the time you get to the ending, you're like, oh wow. And it's, and, and it's... I
0: think if it were any longer, it would have also fallen over. Yeah. I I yeah. I was listening to the commentary that apparently. There was a lot of scenes shot between when uh, Billy goes back to uh, Sue's or to uh, Oma's apartment, and he he's given his things in a box, mm-hmm. and then when he meets back up. Um, so between that and then when he meets back up with Ernie, there was a lot more shot. I, apparently, a lot of scenes that kind of showed Billy going downhill, like descending. Okay, yeah. descending, and I and and I think this is a good decision, I think, the, the and it was about maybe 15 minutes-ish or so, and they ended up leaving that on the cutting room floor because it was just like that would have pushed it over mm-hmm. the edge to like, oh my gosh, like I feel like, you know, I'm being bludgeoned by this we film get We get it's it. We get it. It's just yeah. too much, you know, just too, too much, yeah. um, but it's always interesting to me because those decisions are so difficult to make in the moment. Of course, hindsight, you look at the film, it's done. You're like, wow, this is amazing. But And Cullen, you, you know, you've made films. When you're in the moment, all those choices can be so, they're so fragile. They're it's so hard to remove to make. yourself
1: from the work, too. And yeah. like look at it with, with sort of a, a third eye. Um, it can be really, yeah, I can, so. But you never
0: even know, even like you never, you know, you just, and it's, there's like this, there's just a certain element of just luck or something where it's Mm -hmm. like, it comes together and it works. And, um, and that's always impressive to me when I see that. And I'm always really curious about that. Like how, you know, I kind of want to do like a, like an, an auto, you know, like a post mortem or something. Like how did that, you know. How were they able to do that? And sometimes it's just, you know, it's an alchemy that's impossible to to dissect at the mm-hmm. end of the day. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, I, I guess my overall point for that huge giant rant was just that I was extremely impressed with what a fine line I felt like the film walked and walked mm-hmm. well, you know? Yeah, and
1: again, it's, it's like, it's subtle, it's um, authentic, and it, I think... Again, it's not like we, we talked about this beginning, but it's not dour and it doesn't it doesn't yeah. feel and I think had had they played up those elements, like you said, it would it would have just felt so over the top. And, and so <laughs> like just just, you know, you're just being. Yeah,
0: well, I just I imagine not it, to like beat a dead horse here, but just kind of in a funny way, you know, and I don't know if we can think of any any examples off the top of our head. But, you know, you're talking about how we never cover films we don't like. But that doesn't mean that we can't use them as contrast to films we do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. I'm trying to think in my mind. I mean, I know generically I can just remember snippets of films where it's like because it, there's so many of these like addiction films or mm-hmm. you know films that are representing like alcoholics or alcohol abuse or drug use or abuse, and they're almost comical in the way that they represent you know these characters because you can tell that the the director or the people making the film. Are really trying to make this seem "quote unquote" yeah, bad. Yeah. You know, it's mm, it's bad, okay? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's just, like so yeah. <laughs> it's just like so ridiculous. No, I, and
1: I actually, I mean, to I have a the a specific example of a yeah. movie that was actually quite popular. Um, okay, yeah. a few years ago, but um, heredit. Uh, no, um, no, hereditary was a good horror film. Midsummer.
0: Oh, it was okay. Ari
1: Aster's movie after Hereditary, which well, I, because I actually Midsummer. liked Hereditary and then yeah. saw *Midsummer*, And I just remember sitting through that and being like, I get it. You know, life sucks. <laughs> like, like, now, people are miserable. now what
0: was that? Help, help, help draw me in on where you see, because I'm trying to, that was the movie where weren't they like they go on to vacation Sweden and, in Sweden or something? Yeah, they go to like the, and they the take shrooms Yeah, it's
1: like there's like the ayahuasca thing or whatever. Or ayahuasca, yeah. But yeah, she's like, you know, the movie opens with her family, her whole family dying. And then her boyfriend is, you know, doesn't care about her. And then they go to this thing. And then all her boyfriend's friends kind of don't want to be there. And then it's like every single super element is, is like, you know, made to depress you and be like, oh, this is so sad. And I just, by the end of the movie, I was like, I'm just exhausted. I'm tired of this. I don't know. And, and it was and, very and, long and so yeah
0: and and that i think that's exactly why they they left that 15 minutes out of fat city which was a good yeah. call but i think that you know it's a kind of another little angle to look at it is that you know maybe i don't want to put words in your mouth but you felt manipulated you could mm-hmm. see the strings you you know the director yeah just,
1: just it, it wears it wears this on its sleeve and it's yeah kind of, yeah and yeah. i think that that's the thing about this is not that not that the movie in any way to me started to drag fat city yeah yeah Um, however, it's really nice to watch a movie and to go, man, that ended at the perfect time.
0: And I didn't know how it was going to end. Like, this was not a film where I, like, I had it figured out. This was not a film where I... Actually, when it cuts
1: ahead, I was, I was kind of taken aback. Like, I was kind of surprised that, like, oh, this is... And it does that also in a really genius way where it kind of, at the moment it cuts ahead, you don't really realize it's cut ahead. Mm -hmm. But then they just give you the clues contextually. Like, they don't Mm -hmm. need to show... A montage of everyone moving on, and and right. Jack Bridges going off with his wife and having a kid and things like that. But instead, They've set it, it up. It, yeah, it just you know, you come into this moment that's kind of the last set piece of the film, and yeah, and there you just you feel like the way that the characters perform that the, that yeah, significant time has passed. I think it's supposed mm-hmm. to be what like six or something. Or no, I guess it'd be more than that because he's got children now. So clearly, it's been about a year or more something Um, i
0: mean he still has his like busted nose yeah i'm not quite sure i didn't catch exactly how much time was implied had passed but but you get the sense you don't need to know exactly how many Mm -hmm. months or whatever it's 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 time has passed it's irrelevant yeah i you know but you you remind something too just to go back a little bit to kind of directing choices and and cinematography choices in that scene in the diner and they're talking you know they're kind of looking at this cook like you know, mm. and like, God, yeah. can you imagine like what that life is waking like? Waking up every morning. Like waking him. up every morning. Yeah. And then we have Billy kind of turn around and he looks at all of the people there. And there's this really interesting, it's it's like, looks like a freeze frame. Yeah, it goes
1: like tableau for a moment. You it can tell could, the actors have frozen. Like, yep, like that and, they've, but they've, there's like just, smoke
0: yeah. rising. They're, right. There's like a... Yeah, th- and
1: cars continue going by outside. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's like a fake freeze. Mm-hmm. And kind of a pan.
1: Kind of a Gus Van Sant almost.
0: <laughs> kind of. I yeah. I was I was surprised by that. It was like it was probably the most like obviously stylistic choice of the film. But in, it really in that hits
1: sense. in that moment. Like it yeah. you can kind of feel that he's he just has this suddenly well, realizes how distant he is from Or
0: like really have entered his mind. Yeah. You know. Um and uh but I, that just stood out to me. I thought that was like a really I was like taken mm-hmm. aback. I had to well, like Well even
1: just the cook, the fry cook that turns her in smiles and the fact that that tully was a fry cook at the you know that that's the job that he gets fired from right 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 and so you yeah it really again without saying much it um it It leaves you it leaves you with that feeling like it leaves you like kind of lingering in your mind Um, yeah 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 this melancholic kind of ending yeah
0: yeah, yeah, I think melancholy, melancholic would be a good, uh, a good way to describe the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a a bitter maybe too, you know, yes, yeah. um, mixture of like suffering and lost, um, but also that it, like, hey, this is life, like, yeah. this is life.
1: And There's a recognizing of, you know, the worst parts in that, but like, <laughs> the, but it's not like something where you know Tully comes out of it in denial and like it's quite clear that he knows you know that that things could be better like at least that's the sense i got that there's this there's this almost like tinge of
0: honestly hopefulness hope. there's but hope. um, yeah. yeah i guess i guess hope is a, yeah a decent word for it. i think yeah. there's some hope i think yeah. there's some hope in the film all right well and on that note on a note of hope we'll yes. end on a note Happy of hope ending. but uh <laughs> But yeah, man, well, uh, I'm really grateful for your pick, you know. I hadn't seen this film, and I feel like I'm better for having seen it. If nothing else, I feel like, you know, it's like, it's, uh, it's a good, it's like stay out of day drinking and bars. Stay probably. out of day
1: drinking and stay out of boxing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> stay out of boxing. <laughs> no kidding. That's maybe the biggest. That's yeah. the biggest. And maybe, you know, and maybe sometime... Maybe in the future we can do like we can have kind of episodes that are based or I'm just totally riffing now. I just thought of this where maybe we could have some themed episodes where we cover like like, say, boxing films in general. Mm -hmm. uh, Because just real quick, I know we're but I um, I'd also watched um, Million Dollar Baby not too long ago before this is a boxing is one of those like commonly used or sort of commonly used, you know, symbols. Right, like thematic symbols about, uh, you know, used in a lot of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe someday we can kind of cover like boxing as like a theme in cinema and kind of what that means and everything like that. But anyway, I digress. No, that'd be, I I like that idea. So maybe we'll do something like that. All right. Well, hey, everybody, if you've stuck with us this long, we appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed it. If you stuck with us this long and you didn't enjoy it, that's super weird. But mm-hmm. hey, whatever floats, boat, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Whatever uh, floats your boat, we still appreciate it, uh, Cullen. It's been a pleasure. I missed uh, doing our podcast, yeah. so I'm glad that we're able to to do this again. But uh, yeah, until next time, everybody, stay safe, and we'll see you next time.